Good afternoon and good evening, everyone. Welcome back to yet another Lockdown Sound podcast. Joining me as always today is my co-host and co-partner, Hunter Trumbull. How's it going, everybody? And today we have another fabulous guest on the podcast, another interesting one for us, Sarah Grinrod. How's it going? Uh, It's going pretty good. How's it up there? Warm today, but getting colder every day, which kind of (laughs) sucks. Oh, no. (laughs) That's why we live in Florida. (laughs) I guess I shouldn't be complaining about the weather to you guys right now, huh? <laughs> um, it's not bad here. I live in central Florida, so we didn't get hit that bad. But it did bring a nice cold front, but our cold front's like, you know, 70 degrees. <laughs> See, that's oh, what I'm man. calling warm so, right now is we hit 70 today, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, why don't you go ahead and give us a little bit of info about yourself and uh, anything you'd like to say before we get going, and we'll start the conversation. All right. A little background. I only started hunting about two years ago. Before that, I was, I guess you could put it as a jock, full-time athlete my entire life. Um, Always in school. That's that's about it. (laughs) All right. So you are born and raised in Florida, correct? Yes. All right, so down there you guys have, we'll start off with duck hunting, because down there you guys have a totally different hunting aspect to the game than we do here in the Midwest. So what does kind of your guys' season look like for duck hunting all the way around? Um, let's see. Uh, lots of scouting. Uh, down here, especially where we live, it's pretty well populated with alligators. Um, so we do a lot of boat hunts we don't do very many weighted hunts um unless it's a permit hunt or a quota hunt um where you, there's no boat motor access and you have to wade which is totally fine but um so it's just either you know looking for permission on private land or you know being the first one at the boat ramp and you know trying to find good places that nobody else hunts so are you guys hunting mostly like swampland or just open water or how's that go um so we do a lot of wood duck hunts um they're a lot slower but we do those for our dogs because um so we do a lot of flooded timber um or open water just because there's usually not that many gators up in there so we can bring our dog and let him have some training um so that's what we try to stick to throughout the season since we got him is just you know where we can take him where we don't have to stress about him and you said you're killing a lot of wood ducks yeah is that the main main duck you'd say you're killing down there um it depends like opening weekend we'll have the pretty decent ringer shootout we'll probably get some like models or um lots of teal every once in a while like that all right so i'm really intrigued by the fact that you guys have a lot of gators down there when you're hunting because obviously that's not something we deal with so you're hunting with a dog (laughs) off a boat 
let's say you're hunting and you shoot a duck and it's sitting in the water and you see a gator 30 yards away from it. You're obviously not sending your dog, right? So what do you do in that situation? Um, well, nine times out of 10, he's going to come eat our duck and you just kind of have to roll with it. So how many ducks have you have eaten by alligators per year? In the past couple of years of duck hunting, how many have you seen been eaten by alligators? <laughs> I honestly could not tell you. Um, it happens frequently. Like we just had our early wood duck and teal season. Um, and we only hunted one weekend of it. But that opening morning, our first three ducks, it was the same gator. He just kept coming back and eating our ducks. So now does that, that us, doesn't count towards your guys' limits, right? I mean, let's say you shoot five, all five are eaten. Are you done for the day? Or what are you doing in that situation? Well, we keep shooting. I mean, we have no body to claim. So did we really shoot it? I mean, <laughs> so you basically got to wait till the alligator gets full and then you can start hunting for your ducks. <laughs> yeah. 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 Man, that's that's a rough time. We, I mean, we have problems with like cattails and muck. Or you had an eagle come after your duck. I did have year. an eagle come after my mine, but that's no oh, alligator. Yeah. And that was a one, yeah. was a one anomaly, not multiple times per hunt. Alligators are swimming up eating our ducks. No, I think I'd get pretty discouraged. I would be pretty, that. I'd more than discouraged. I'd be throwing <clears> stuff at the alligator. <laughs> And you can't, is there any situation where the DNR will say, okay, you can shoot the alligator? Um, I think basically if it's like pretty life-threatening, um, but with us in a boat, I'd say we're pretty safe from alligators. We did have one very questionable uh, quota hunt. It was down um, at the STAs in West Palm, I want to say. There was about a 10-foot gator, and we had already collected all of our ducks, um, but we didn't have our limit, so we were just kind of chilling. It was a very slow afternoon. A 10-foot gator kept creeping up, but, I mean, he never did anything. But I feel like if they were to get close, like, on a waiting hunt as kind of like a self-defense type of thing, you could definitely pop one. So can you draw tags for Florida for gators at any time? Like, is, is there a certain time of the year where you can get tags and you can go get gators? Yes, there is. And I cannot tell you the exact month, to be honest. Um, it's a couple months long. Um, it's very hard to get tags for. Uh, but you'll get a tag. They'll assign you to a county. And for each tag you get, you can kill a gator. And it's, like, restricted to certain lakes and whatnot. Yeah, because I was going to say, I would just get a couple gator tags for my duck season as well, and then you're just hunting both at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it's like we haven't drawn a gator tag in the past two years, so it's it's a blind draw, and it feels like very impossible. Nobody in our friend group has been able to, people that we talk to haven't gotten a tag in years, like it's just, I don't know how they go about it, but. Maybe it's one of them draws where they say they're drawing names, but, you know. <laughs> it's the same 10 people <laughs> posting the same pictures. Who knows? I mean, maybe. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm curious to know, obviously the storm didn't hit you that bad where you're at, but do you think the storm affects the migration or anything duck-wise down there? Um, I don't think so much ducks. I think our deer for sure. Um, 
We have a camera up in North Florida, and there's been a lot of movement the week before the storm. And my hometown's not very big, but everyone's been seeing deer there lately, and that's not like a normal thing. So I definitely feel like the deer have had a lot more movement, um, you know, with the storm coming, but I don't think it's affected the ducks. We actually looked around at a couple holes this morning, and they all seem to be there. So. <laughs> So you're, so you're saying that basically the deer migrate based off the hurricane, like this time of year when, when Hurricane Ian just hit you guys, they started to migrate pretty much when the rain started to come in and they ended up more in those northern towns? Yeah. Huh, that's yeah. definitely I wouldn't say all the I didn't think about that at all for deer. I really thought they'd just hunker down and kind of sit it out. But I guess 12-foot storm surge waves, you're, you're not really hunkering down. No, not really. scrape like that. Not so at all. I didn't think about deer hunting at all. Yeah. So when does your guys' yeah. duck and deer season coincide? Do they do they come together or are they separate times or? So luckily for us, we have property in South Carolina that we hunt, and their season is from August to the first weekend of January, I believe. It like closes December thirty first or January first or something crazy like that. Um, so we usually spend the majority of like. August, September, um, and October deer hunting. But those like early wood duck and teal weekends, we'll stay down here and duck hunt. And then it's all just a balance on if we drew out, if we drew, sorry, a quota or a permit, then we kind of figure out we have a whole calendar of <laughs> where we're going to be what weekend for the next like two months. So how much of, so you're pretty much done deer hunting by the time duck season rolls around in Florida? Uh, yes and no. Um, we haven't been so lucky to draw some good duck hunts down here, but we still will duck hunt. Um, it's usually like every other weekend, like we'll stay here and duck hunt and then next weekend we'll go to South Carolina and then we'll come back and duck hunt and then we're in South Carolina. So have you have you killed a deer this year? I have not. I have not had the chance. My uh, my target buck was smoked a couple weekends ago. So oh, you hate to that's, see. Yeah, that's it. a disappointing thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, my boyfriend's dad the past two years in a row uh, shot my target buck. <laughs> oh come on, that's just rude yeah. right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well he has more opportunity to go up there than i do um i work and go to school full-time so i can't just especially this year i just got into a pta program so it feels impossible to make time to go hunt especially traveling um so he's just had more opportunities than i have this season specifically to go up there Gotcha. But you were successful this past turkey season up there, correct? Yes. Yes, I was. That was fun. I've never actually taken, like, turkey hunting seriously until this past season, and I accidentally fell in love with that, too. <laughs> Different kind of bird hunting. For you, huh? Yeah, it was definitely fun. <laughs> Now, was that a, that was a South Carolina turkey then, right? You said you don't turkey hunt in Florida much? Yes, South Carolina turkey. We want to take a minute here to thank Locked On Sound's newest sponsor and partner, 
Lit Beard Company is Wisconsin-based, veteran-owned beard business helping razor haters look good while doing good. Not only is Lit the solution for a man looking to eliminate beard itch, unslightly beard dandruff, and all the nonsense of growing a baller beard, but it'll get her closer than ever by getting rid of that rough feeling that keeps her away. As a veteran-owned business, it is important to help veterans and their families, so Lit donates $1 from every single sale to Project Welcome Home Troops. And now, if you use code word CALL, that's C-A-L-L, at checkout, you'll save 10% on all Lit Beard Company products. So give litbeardco.com and support a pro-Second Amendment, pro-freedom, veteran-owned business some of your support. Again, that's L-I-T-B-E-A-R-D-C-O.com. Support them and show your support for our veterans and all of the local small businesses across the country. Thank you guys for listening, and let's get back to our podcast. Gotcha. So the other big thing that you do in Florida that I'd be interested to hear about is your guys' bow fishing, because I know you guys get to do a lot more of that than we do here in Michigan. You guys, got, you guys get to shoot a lot better stuff than we do. Yes. Um, we usually just go and shoot some perch. Um, there's, I think, an invasive species, but they're not bad to eat. Um, but I had the chance to go with Claire a couple weekends ago down to St. Pete, and that was my first time doing, like, saltwater bow fishing, so that was a pretty cool, um, experience of its own. It's definitely different than freshwater on a lake, that's for sure. So what, what kind of rig are you guys shooting off of? And what was, throughout the saltwater fishing, what was the coolest thing you guys managed to shoot out there? Um, stingrays. That was pretty cool. I've never, like, you know, you don't want to get too close to a stingray. Um, so that was pretty cool to watch and experience. Um, when we go down here, we have a prodigy that we duck hunt out of and then we built a um like a light bar system that goes all the way around the front of the boat and then there's two lights in the far back that works out pretty good for boat fishing gotcha so how many is there a kind of a limit to how many stingrays you guys can shoot down there or is it just kind of if you see them you can shoot them and that's that um so it's i want to say you can have two stingrays, a person, do not quote me on this, um, <laughs> or like a hundred pounds a boat. So if you were to shoot like two big. Like, giant stingrays, you know, like a 68 pound stingray, and then your buddy turns around, oh, it's two stingray a boat, yeah, or a hundred pounds a boat. So like if you were to shoot 68 pounds, and then your buddy turns around and shoots like a 30 pound stingray. You can keep your, t- I don't know. I honestly don't remember. <laughs> okay. But when I'm, when I'm picturing a stingray, I'm not picturing something that's 64 pounds. So how, how the heck do you shoot a 64 pound stingray and get into the boat safely? I mean, are they dying right on impact with the arrow? Cause we only really carp and uh, pike shoot up here when we're bow fishing and the carp don't die for a couple hours after you shoot them. So how do you, how's the process of shooting a 64 pound stingray and getting in the boat? I was informed that you have like someone 
one single person can shoot it and then you have to have about three or four other people shoot it to reel it in. And then as awful as this sounds, you have to hit it in the head with a bat. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that, that's, that's but other than the so three or four other people shooting, that's similar to our process. Obviously, our car yeah. is 64 pounds. I'd love to go shoot a 64-pound Stingray. That'd be pretty similar. Yeah, pretty pretty did you get to try any Stingray? I did not. Um, I thought it would be cool, but by the time we got back, I didn't want to deal with the whole cleaning process and then having to uh, we vacuum seal all of our meat. So I, didn't, I did not feel like dealing with that whole process that night. Gotcha. And... I, I could be totally wrong on this. I'm not from a place that has stingrays or anything, but the stinger on the back of the tail is like basically a hard arrowhead, right? Are you able to like keep those as souvenirs? Because that's what I would do if I shot stingray. I I didn't think to ask that question. I have no idea. I know he cuts it off, um, but I don't know what's done with it. If you can keep it or if it's just thrown back into the water, I don't really know. <laughs> bad luck he's you know steve Irwin, man steve Irwin. <laughs> yeah so you do quite a variety of hunting whether it be turkey deer bow fishing you know duck everything like that you got to have a favorite yeah. by now right uh deer 100 percent. she's on the deer train well she i'm is. the deer <laughs> uh, you know <laughs> i thought maybe we might have a winner with the duck hunting but took the deer i guess I'm, I'm team deer all the way i 100 agree with you hunters just a lot you're on willie's team it's fine <laughs> well i so i'm the type of person i i like the aloneness of hunting it's it's a lot more peaceful and if you hunt with the people that i hunt with it's they're disastrous at like you know three four o'clock in the morning <laughs> <laughs> like they're insane. I've told them all the time, like, we just need to start making, like, a 4 a.m. duck blind podcast or something because, like, y'all are insane. <laughs> you know, you're you're not the only person. I thought that more people would enjoy duck hunting because of the being able to, you know, kind of do what you want, as you will, or the camaraderie. But the more people we talk to, the more I'm starting to figure out everybody likes to be alone. I'm just well, – you see the people in this world now? I mean, I, I, mean, I hunt with you. Yeah. <laughs> That's – it's, it's not, not just the aloneness but like if you're sitting there and you're putting in the time to scout for like deers and ducks nine times out of ten when you scout ducks and you find their honey hole and you go blind up there come season you're going to kill something but deer you could not you could you know look for them get them on camera and we have the pleasure of being able to put corn down in south carolina and you could still not see that buck all year long so it's just more of like a space for me you like the achievement like. of deer hunting more than the achievement of duck hunting then just because you know when you shoot that one big buck that you put in the work to kill that one big buck yes exactly unless your boyfriend's dad kills it first Yes, <laughs> now you brought up an interesting topic that i got to get some different points of views on baiting obviously in michigan we can't bait cwd whatever you want to believe however it goes yeah. you guys can bait down there um what's your opinion on it um 
I am selfish. I like it. Um, I mean, I kind of feel bad for the states that can't do it, but at the same time, I do understand it because they are animals that are independent and they can survive and thrive on their own without us feeding them. Um, but, oh, wow. It's kind of 50-50. It's a controversy that definitely has plagued many. And up here, it's a big controversy because we can, we can sell as much bait as we want, as we want, you know, you can buy corn, apples, whatever you want to get acorns, but don't let anybody in khakis or green catch you putting it on the ground. Now, whether it's for the squirrel, the raccoons, no one knows, but. <laughs> Just don't do it. Yeah. See, and I kind of get that because, like, for us, you know, we just throw corn out there, clear a shooting lane, put a tree stand up, and we're kind of good to go. Like, the deer are going to find the corn, you know? And for y'all, which I don't know, I'm imagining y'all just put cameras out and use climbers. Pretty much, yeah. For the most part, that's what, that's what a lot of people here in Michigan do. Yeah, so I feel like that's – I feel like it's a little old-timey as harsh as that sounds like you know what i would give ourselves old time if you came to michigan probably compared to other states yeah it probably would feel more we're old time timey yeah especially if you go to the up if you go to the up you're gonna be talking to the upers so it's definitely old timey red flannel sitting on a five gallon bucket and still shooting 12 point bucks. My, my grandpa still goes yeah. out with triple up buck a red flannel and some random hat that he just finds and just sit there munches on snacks and still shoots deer. I, so I have no idea. Yeah, I definitely feel like it's it's a lot more challenging, therefore a lot more rewarding for y'all. Um, not being able to bait. Um, so I think that would be cool. You know what do you think? We're probably twenty percent of Michigan hunters probably still use bait. Right? Even though it's illegal, I bet you 15, 20% still use bait piles. If I had to put a number to it, I bet you it's more than 20%. Really? Yes. It's so accessible. If they were smart. <laughs> it's it's very accessible. Now, where, you're, where, they're, where they're getting us now and they're catching us pretty good is they're using drones. There is, you know, there's no, yeah. there's no right away to how drones work and you can't own airspace and some other you know legality issues so they're flying them over people's woods and if they see a pile of corn in the woods they know it didn't just naturally appear there it came from somewhere and they're assuming that you're probably hunting over it yeah all right so deer hunting is your favorite out of everything you got to have a favorite story at least it sounds like you hunt with some pretty interesting and pretty fun people duck hunting so what's your favorite hunting story that if somebody were to ask you why you hunt, that you would tell Um, I, I don't know, dude. Like I said, I was not raised doing this. So, like, every time, like, especially the learning process of deer hunting, because if you know me, I'm a very chatty person. I do like to be alone, yes, but I'm a very chatty person. I can't sit still for more than, like, five minutes. So that was a big challenge for me. Um, my favorite story, I, um, I'd have to say the first solo buck that I shot was last year. 
Um, Because I sat with Zach through the first season. I shot a doe kind of as like a get a feel for it type of thing. Um, And then the next season, I was a lot more educated on deer and movement and being able to look at the rocks and kind of figure out if that's a shooter, not a shooter, to let them walk or not type of thing. Um, So about halfway through last season, I finally started sitting on my own, which was like a big deal for me because, you know, I've never done that before. And um I had been watching this buck on camera. We called him the Craw Claw. Uh, yeah, a Crab Claw. That was his nickname. Just because he had like a really wonky rack on one side, but the other side was pretty. Um, anyways, we had been watching him uh, move around on the different stands and everything. And I was kind of chasing him, but I was more like, a, if he shows up, he shows up. Because I was still kind of nervous on the whole having to shoot a deer alone type of thing. Um, and I was sitting there and I had an eight point come out and I watched him feed for 45 minutes, but he's not what I wanted. So I just sat there and watched him. And then I seen another buck start to come out and I looked through my binoculars and I seen it was a little crab's claw. And so I just started waiting and it's starting to get dark. And I believe in South Carolina, you can shoot 30 minutes after sunset. It's 30 minutes or an hour. Um, But it was already starting to get dark. So I was getting very anxious because I knew he was right there. He just wasn't coming out. But he kept like peeking his head out and then going back in, peeking his head out, going back in. We played that game for like 30 minutes. And the sun had just set and it was starting to get really dark and they texted me telling me they were coming to get me and I told them to wait. And they were like, Sarah, it's dark. You're not going to do anything. And I was like, I can still see and I know he's out there. And I've seen him and I dropped him and I think that was my, that's what did it for me. (laughs) Now, was that during a gun or a bow hunt for you then? A gun. Gotcha. So what type of gun were you using when you shot? Just curious as to kind of what you guys use down there. Because up here we're mostly shotguns. For deer? Yeah, well, I, I feel like more people than not probably use 12-gauge slugs or buckshot. What do you think, Hunter? Well, we can't. Um, in, the, in the southern half of our state, we really can't use most rifles. We have to use, what, flat, flat cartridge? Yeah. Flat cartridge rifles, which limits you on how much power you're able to get out of you know we're getting a lot of velocity out of a rifle but we're not getting a lot of knockdown power so 12 gauge slugs are our main hunting weapon here oh wow um yeah i use a rifle i did not know that though yeah that's what i figured we're we're very restricted up here as far as what we can hunt with and not to kind of call out our dnr on yet another podcast here but they make our seasons <laughs> extremely confusing as far as when you can muzzleloader hunt and when you can shotgun hunt and everything like that. Well, so, what we, we have a, we have a, obviously bow season, then we'll go over into just our normal shotgun season. Then you'll go into muzzleloading season, but then you go into antlerless doe only muzzleloader, but you can bow hunt the whole time. <laughs> so there's a lot of different rules and legalities on what you can and can't hunt with. Well, yeah, that's, that's crazy to me. 
Yeah, the more people we talk to, the more people realize, oh, your, your state's really screwed up when it comes to hunting laws. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, that's what we have to deal with. Yeah, have y'all ever considered moving? <laughs> it's on the agenda, to say the least. <laughs> okay. I'm not a fan okay. of the cold at all either, so I hate this state for eight months out of the year in general. So. Yeah, I definitely get that. Not a cold person. All right, so unless you have anything to add, I mean, I think that pretty much wraps up what we could talk about today. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add, anything you'd like to talk about um, before we let you go? Um, I think I'm good, unless y'all have any final questions, concerns. No, I think we're all right. I think we're good. Yep, thanks for coming on today, and uh, we hope we get to have you on again, maybe middle of hunting season or after hunting season, once you've killed some more ducks, and hopefully your next target buck for the year. Yeah, that, yeah, I'm here for it. Just let me know. All right. Thanks for coming on, Sarah. And uh, yeah. hopefully you have a great rest of your hunting season. Thank you. You too.